Games in this podcast range from E to M. Hello and welcome back to the official Xbox podcast, the only podcast that comes to you directly from Xbox, except this week where we are not within the friendly confines of Redmond, Washington. This may look like a bit of a retro throwback uh, coming to you from Seattle and remote places. I, I do miss you all already, but it is a oh, fair trade because we'd have you back. Malik, Malik, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I agree. We are the official source. And you know how I know we're the source because we're Xbox. It's like it's like when you go to uh, when you're thirsty and you, you want some orange juice, you go to the store. You don't want the bottled stuff, right? You go to the produce section, you grab about eight oranges and you go home, you squeeze them until you have a glass of orange juice and you Maybe. drink it and you enjoy it. Maybe this a show whole glass. is a glass of orange juice. OK, that's what this show is. Uh, but it's good to be back. Had a great time at the Forza Creator event, which maybe I'll touch on a little bit later on today. But good to join both you and Tina. And yeah, welcome back and Tina. good representing. Yes, hello. Yeah. Also dispersed out of uh, the different quadrants of, of Seattle where we all live. <laughs> and we're already talking over each other because that's what happens <laughs> when we're doing a, a Discord chat. So uh, the, the reason you might wonder why we're here, uh, we've been temporarily uh, relocated back to our our home bases as the studios are preparing for a huge event that is coming up on Ooh. October 15th. That is Minecraft Live. And uh, that is always one of my favorites, mainly because of the mob vote. Uh, mm. I always get very invested in the mob vote. Is this something you you all have seen before? I have not, but I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Somebody educate me. Malik needs to know. Well, it's a bit of a cheat for me because our team actually produces that show in, in concert with Mojang. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun thing every year. Obviously, the show is primarily about news coming in from um, Vanilla and some of the other Minecraft titles. And it's always a good time to get together with the developers themselves. And they get to talk through what those updates are and, and show some teases of some content that's that's coming to um, their games. But part of it is also that kind of like fan interaction moment. And there's always three mobs um, and the community themselves gets to vote on it. But uh, as of last year and going into this year, we're doing things a little differently with the mob vote. Um, we're actually doing it within a game server. So you get to kind of explore this world um, that Mojang built where you can kind of interact with different things and vote within that server. And of course, there's other platforms by which you can vote whatever is more convenient for you. But we wanted to make it a little bit more fun. So it's it's even more fun somehow. Right. I love that. The, the only thing is uh, to make room for that. We're back here. And so that explains yes, it. So this week <laughs> and next week. Uh, we are we're giving a wide berth to uh, you know your mood blooms and and your creepers and everything like that and uh, and then we'll be back into the studio and not That's talk. That's So those of you who are watching us on YouTube.com/slash Xbox, which is our new video home, thank you so much uh, for the comments. It's been great uh, jumping in there and interacting. Uh, you should also know that we are available on audio format. So if you're a longtime listener on uh, Apple Podcasts, seems to be a uh, a big stronghold for us. Uh, we'd love to see you on YouTube and vice versa. We are also one of the the few uh, gaming video podcasts on Spotify. I only know of of us and Spawn on Me from uh, Khalif Adams, a uh, huge fan of his. And so that's one where you can actually download and take it and play it offline if that's something you're into. Uh, one of the cool things that we do on Spotify or have the ability to do is actually ask questions. And we've had some good interaction there. So we might, maybe we'll add a question here at the end of the day. Ooh. And uh, maybe we'll see. Uh, eventually, I want to get back to prizing and free code Friday and all that stuff. Those things are coming. But 
You should check out, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that question in a little bit because it's the same question I'm going to be asking the two of you. But oh. I have one question first, Malik. Okay, I wasn't prepared Let's, for this test. It's, I, it's, <laughs> it, it's a quiz that I think you will ace. Okay. You're wearing that Forza Motorsports shirt. Where, where were you last week? Yeah, so uh, as many as Jeff was alluding to, and as maybe you saw last week, I wasn't here because I was at the a Forza Creator event. So we, as, I've, as I'll mention a little bit later on, we brought a bunch of creators out to Nevada. We brought them out to Las Vegas, and then we took a bus an hour into the desert. I had never been to Las Vegas. Interesting town, probably a story for another podcast. But we went to the desert. It was hot as ever. Uh, there's a whole discussion between uh, dry heat and hot heat that we all are dry heat and humid heat that we need to have but it was hot but it was great because we got to bring out a bunch of creators uh, and influencers out to the desert to jump behind the wheel of a car behind a corvette as well as a cadillac and do various activities and it was really great because i think you know the celebration forts is like a massive massive franchise it's just uh i'll say it in the interview that we have a little bit later on not to give a little bit of a tease but i almost feel like the generation doesn't start until there's a forza title and so it was befitting that we uh went out to the desert and uh got some race race time in the cars uh on the track and on a little cone course, I highly recommend you all go onto the social media platform of your of your choosing. Type in hashtag Forza Motorsport, hashtag Creator Event. You'll get to see some awesome posts of the experience. Experience, and uh, so that's where I was. You know, just melting away in the Nevada heat and the Nevada sun, but having a great time. And um, it's yeah, just great to be able to do things like that again. Uh, and I think that it shines through in the content how awesome it was, and just prepares everyone for the release of Forza Motorsport, which is which is today. What have you been playing, by the way? Have you even had time, like, in between your watching videos on the plane and, and doing yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Taking naps and all those things. Yeah, so uh, Jeff is right to ask that question because I uh, tend to love taking naps. Uh, but, you know, as busy as last week was, I was like, you know, I don't need people flaming me for coming on this podcast and saying that I've been playing Apex Legends. So last night, you know, I was able to jump into Cocoon, a game that just released on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, and I jumped in and this was one of those things where uh, if you know anything about me, you know, I do not like puzzle games. And it's not that I don't like them. I just don't like not feeling smart uh but you know i gave it a shot just because i thought that it looked amazing and this and people have been raving about this game online and so i i jumped in and um it's also by the lead gameplay designer of limbo and inside and inside is in it's funny i don't like puzzle games but inside is in easily in my top 10 games of all time i just remember uh, it coming out like two weeks after an e3 from yesteryear and loving the game and so that alone gave me a reason to try the game and i jumped in and what a delight the game is. And, you know, if somebody told me that the game ran at a thousand frames per second, I would believe it, it is so <laughs> silky smooth and honest. And the animations are great. There's an opening right in the opening area of the game. And it's not a spoiler, obviously, but um, there's like a like water on, on each side. Uh, and like it just looks amazing i don't know i it's not that i wouldn't expect it from a game like this but it's just so pleasant to see such a smooth experience and so the game starts off really simply with uh simple puzzles um that kind of give you that sense of accomplishment especially for folks like me who are afraid of puzzles uh it, it starts off easy enough and as of where i am right now it's literally just one button outside of moving it's the a button and um again just the reception that this game has gotten has got and then the pedigree of the lead game gameplay designer working 
working on games like Inside and Limbo is enough for it to get my full recommendation recommendation so far. Try it. Give it a shot. It's on Xbox Game Pass. So if you have that, you can just jump in and give it a shot. Again, one of the joys and pleasures of having Game Pass. Um, but so far, so good. I'm 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 loving it. And it's it's just a beautiful game. Well, like, one love- of the. Sorry, I was going to ask because like uh, and sorry for all the listeners that we're going to just continuously for the rest of this hour talk over each other. Don't worry, we'll be back in studio before you know it. Um, but the one of the cool things about Limbo and Inside was it does have that puzzle element. But one of the things that actually pushes you through that experience and encourages you and motivates you is that quiet storytelling. Like there's no dialogue. Yeah. There's no like overt storytelling. It's all just environmental and experiential. So did you get that same kind of like sense from Cocoon? Like what what's the kind of. What's your what's the player motivation there? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I 100% would say that that's the case here. Outside of the footsteps, I like to call games like that like a loud silence because even though um, it's silent, it's almost like it's almost like you can hear and feel. Um, and, you know, to your point, like of not having sound and not having that storytelling. There are a few sounds in it, but it is largely silent, and it tells um, the tale of the game through, through, um, certain small tones, but otherwise it's up to you to kind of interpret that story. You, uh, you play as, I guess you come out of a cocoon at the very beginning of the game. Uh, that's not a spoiler. I mean, it's right in the, it's right in the title, right? Um, Wait, are you yeah. saying this game does not follow the late 1980s, like Florida senior citizens movie that stars Wilford Brimley? Because I was understanding that that this was the game adaptation of. of you had a whole other interpretation. <laughs> no, I had a completely different vision in my mind, but I'm, I'm intrigued all the same. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, Jeff, that movie references usually go over my head. Uh, but that one, 1980, I wasn't even born in the 80s, Jeff. I don't know. Um, not to make any so of it could the be the same thing. You, you just wouldn't be aware. That's it fine. could be. It could be. But no, uh, I think, those, you know, games like Limbo and Inside, to your point, Tina, like they do such a great job of telling a story without there being dialogue, without there being necessarily other characters in, a, in the game. And so um, or that, you know, they don't speak at least. And so, um, yeah, I think I get the feeling that this game is going to be quite like that so it takes it definitely takes inspiration from those two well so i've been hearing so much about this game i love how you say you're not a puzzle fan and then you talk exactly like a puzzle fan. maybe you just love amazing puzzle games you're just like you won't just accept any puzzle game but if it's you know if there's folks that have been associated with like a play dead game like like inside of limbo then uh yeah you're all over it so you just have a very high bar and if you have the credentials yeah if you have the credentials i'll I'll give it a shot but yeah like i said so far so so good like the puzzles haven't been that hard i have a feeling that's probably going to change but um again i've been getting a, a lot of satisfaction just from solving those those initial ones Another game that uh, is hard, but I'm gaining satisfaction from playing it is uh, this one over here, over my shoulder, now available on Game Pass, The Lamplighters League, available on uh, console and and PC Game Pass. I can tell this is going to be like a great travel game for me over the course of the next few weeks. We're going to TwitchCon in a couple of weeks. I'll be taking uh, The Lamplighters League with me. Real quickly, it is a, um, well, if I was going to do super quick, if you like XCOM, you're going to like this one. It's a lot more complex than I initially thought it was. Um, we had talked about it. I played it at, at uh, GDC. There's actually a live demo uh, available now too. And I thought it would be more like um, Mutant Year Zero or something with like a, a mix of strategy and like real time, let's say stealth. Uh, but And you would just sort of go from battle to battle, but there's actually like much more to it in terms of like assembling a not quite an army, but like a significant uh, staff of uh, very interesting agents and building them up and also um, 
figuring out where you're going to deploy next, because much like in XCOM, there's an overwhelming force. You're kind of like a guerrilla uh, group where you have to really pick and choose where you're going to go. And there's like real stakes in each one, uh, in each battle and uh, wanting to make the right decisions. You can still save scum. So, you know, that, that part's good too. Uh, there's been times where I've accidentally, you know, tripped off, uh, you know, an enemy and started. And I was like, well, I didn't really mean to do that. And nobody's, no one here on this show is going to judge you for safe scumming. So I'm sure uh, somebody walked in front of your camera, you know, in front of yeah, the TV. Yeah, yeah. What are you fair. doing? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, start, reload. Uh, so, but I, I'm really, really enjoying this one. And uh, reviews seem to be great as well. So with Cocoon and and with uh, Lamplighters League and upcoming Fords, I, like if you've got, if you got Game Pass, you're eating real, real well right now. Uh, yeah. And you're probably still playing Starfield. Go on, go on. That's me. That's literally like, so you say, ah, it's so hard to manage time. I, again, anyone who's listening to this and has Xbox Game Pass knows the feeling, as Jeff mentioned, there are so many games. And so uh, it is definitely tough. It's like trying to pick your favorite child almost. And like, how do you, like, how do you manage that? I don't know. I don't have any kids. So maybe, maybe I'm not the right one. I, to, one, I to made it easier on myself there. There you but, go. But would I rather play Lies of P than, you know, Take her to soccer practice. Uh, I take her to practice. I can't. Okay. Yeah, okay there's yeah, there's there like there laws in, in place that, you know, help guide me as a, as a parent. It's good. But, um, but yeah, I hear you. There's so much to play right now. It is, it is wild. And there's just so much more to come. Uh, We've been saying that for like the last season. few weeks too. It's uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a packed few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm like still going through lies of P still going through payday is kind of my go-to, you know, hang oh, out, right. hang out with friends game. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. have that multiplayer experience and Starfield, of course, is just going to be stretching on for the perpetuity of our lives. Um, as I understand it, cause there's just going to be content forever. Game 25 years in the making going to give you 25 years of content from what I understand. <laughs> so there's, one to one ratio there's too much. Yeah. But the cool thing, Jeff, about um, Lamplighters League, just to go back to that real quick, like from my understanding, it, you're like a band of misfits, kind of what you've been speaking to. But each one of those characters that you take on like specific missions have different abilities. And so it's that kind of classic, like play your own way. But in the sense of like, do you scale one area? Do you go a little bit more aggressive? Like, can you unlock a door that is inaccessible if you don't have like the right character with you? Like, what's that all You're about? You're right on. Yeah. So there's there's different sort of, um, I, I would loosely classes. Um, and so there's uh, sneakier characters. There's more bruiser characters. And um, you you can imagine how that would play out like during battle where, you know, someone can soak up more damage than another and another needs to, you know, maybe, you know, be behind cover more often. But where it really comes into play is before you get into battle and you're able to freely wander this, this map as a group, but you can split off. And so one of your characters is at least in the very beginning, uh, is very sneaky and can sneak up and just sort of one hit knock out most enemies. And that will, when you do get into a pitched battle, you're using these abilities to like thin out the field a little bit. So the bruiser can sort of run full speed. And uh, if you line it up perfectly, uh, knock out two or more. Now, these are limited use. We actually have some some great uh, advice, feedback, uh, kind of just like a starter guide, I guess, uh, from the makers of the game, uh, which is Harebrained Schemes. And they're over on Xbox Wire. If you check out news.xbox.com right at there uh, at the top this week, uh, some uh, you know a guide on just like how to use these individual characters and how to make their abilities sing. You could just run right in and like get into a pitch battle and hope for the best. Um, 
But if you use their abilities first before you get into battle and to tee things up really well, really like, again, like you, you saw this a lot in XCOM 2, you saw this in um, Gears Tactics was another one where if you enter battle in like your way and you set it up so they fall into your trap, that's when you're going to be, you're going to be doing great. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And also I, I wanted to talk a little bit more, but I want to make sure that we're, uh, respectful of time because we do have a, a, a great interview coming up, but I've got my hands on Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is also Ooh. out today. I want to play a lot more. I've played the first hour, uh, this you're using Basim, uh, Basim was sort of a, mm. uh, I don't want to spoil anything from <laughs> AC Valhalla. I, I'll let's just say I have very mixed feelings on Basim, but this one goes back in time about 20 years and to a very different place. Uh, from England slash Norway, you're you're in uh, the Baghdad area, and uh, and you're you're sort of learning how Basim got to where he is in Valhalla, and it is much more of a throwback in in uh, how you play uh, assassins. The last three games, Origins and uh, Odyssey and Valhalla, were like big sweeping RPGs. You're leveling up, you and you see characters, you see what level they are, and you know you really fight more than you sneak in, in most parts of that game, especially later in the game. There was almost no one I couldn't take on. Uh, in this, I was starting to get that feel like that sort of um, that high, high stakes sneaking. And uh, I really very quickly got into it very early on. You're sneaking into a palace and I was like, I do not want to get caught. And, um, and it felt really good. It's also much like you had mentioned with Cocoon, if you were telling me this was running at, you know, a very high frame rate because it felt just so smooth. And uh, that that really bodes well when you're playing a game like this and you're able to swing the camera around. You're having to move very quickly. They've also really simplified, I would say, the uh, parkour elements of the game. Ooh, so okay. I, I've been playing AC since the very first one. And uh, this is... I feel like the first return to a Middle Eastern settings. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch more than just, I, and I can't wait to get my hands on AC Mirage too because I, I love the idea, the concept of like this really dense city that you get to feel your stealthy way around. Um, we've got a couple other games coming out too, just in case this week and last week and just existence in general was not enough games for you. Um, but there's a few on the list for for next week. Um, I'm not much of a sports person, so Jeff, I think you can probably explain Wild Card Football, which is one of those titles coming out next week. Yeah, this is one of those games that reminds me of some of the arcade style football games I used to play growing up, like Tecmo Bowl and uh, NFL Blitz. So Wild Card Football is a throwback to that. It's a seven-on-seven game with power-ups, Colin Kaepernick's in there. There's actually a, a lot of familiar names that are in there uh, if you've been a fan of the NFL at any point in the last really couple of decades. So uh, we're checking out if like you're not into Sims and not into um, – you know, all the, the nuances of full NFL 11 on 11 football. Awesome. Well, that one's for you sports fans. Uh, but there's also Lords of the Fallen, which um, for Soulsborne fans is is pretty good because we're, we're eating well between Lies of P and this one. But this is basically a dark fantasy action RPG. So, yeah, kind of Souls-like focus on like big boss battles, which I'm sure is very familiar. Um, and I guess the the unique conceit here is also there's kind of like some interdimensional, interconnected world um, battling and traveling uh, as well. But then one other, which is a nice special segue for us because it's For Forza Motorsport coming out next week as well. And Malik, you have tons that you've learned about that game recently. That is right, Tina. I'm wearing the shirt as we talked about and early access for Forza Motorsport is today and next week. As Tina mentioned, everyone can jump in with Xbox Game Pass. So earlier today, I got to sit down with Chris Asaki, creative director of Turn 10 Studios to talk all things Forza Motorsport, the all-new Forza Motorsport, 
Check it out. Do you like games with fast cars that look sublime, sound true to life with accessibilities that are industry leading? Well, we've got the game for you. Of course, I'm talking about the storage franchise Forza Motorsport, which is out today in early access on Xbox and PC and is out for more people next week with Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so why not celebrate the game's release? And who better to celebrate it with than the creative director at Turn 10, Chris Asaki. Chris, how are you? Malik, let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. I love I love it. I'm so excited. I got to say, and I always like to start these kind of conversations by grounding everyone with kind of like what, you know, what my guest does and what I, I do. But to even go further back, I started working on this game. And, and for some of you who listen to the podcast or watch it, you may know that I work with content creators. And so I'm brought in way later. Like I, I started working on this game back in January and, and working with creators on how to tell a story. But Chris, you and the team have been working on this game for a very long time. And so we're going to get <laughs> just a little bit. So we're going to get into the entire story of this game. But I, I want to start with you, Chris. Uh, you are obviously, as I mentioned, the creative director at turn 10 so what does that what does that mean what do you do all day chris what do i do aside from <laughs> going on to these awesome podcasts and talking about the uh, the amazing work that the team has been doing yeah uh yeah um hey you know i just wanted to quickly say shout out to to you malik i i um i i think our first interaction was um back uh, when we did the xbox show right before the xbox showcase yeah. right we did the cover car reveals and we chatted with like I Justine and and yeah uh, yeah that was that was awesome man that's, seems like uh, a lifetime ago honestly it does being it feels honest. like yeah it it does feel like years ago and that was yeah. only a couple of months ago uh, exactly. that's that's how it goes um, yeah so uh, creative director on on Forza Motorsport um, you know it it generally speaking it's uh, corporate speak is. I set the creative strategy for the the the, the product, and um, and what that generally means is everything from pitching the overall concept of the product uh, and the game to uh, helping define some of the features um, and building out what we believe is going to be the best player experience for uh, for what we want our for what we want from the game and from the community. I love that. And and obviously people are jumping in today and they're getting to experience all of the work that you as creative director and the rest of the team have done. But, you know, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the I Justine cover car reveal and all of that stuff, which was great to work with such an amazing talent to showcase what we, you know, what I've been thinking about as the unofficial start on the road to Fortune, which is like getting those cover cars, knowing what they are. And then it's all like full throttle. There's going to be a lot of puns like that probably throughout this. <laughs> so everyone, please Let's forgive get them out. me. Let's get them out. Right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I that stuck with me, even from, you know, we've done the preview event and we just got out of Nevada in the hot sun with a bunch of creators. Awesome. It was it was so cool. Uh, be sure to everyone just use the hashtag Fortimo Sport and search hashtag creator event. You're going to see some awesome coverage of that day. Um, but one of the things that I kept saying to you actually was. Hey, we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. Another pun. We're almost there. And you said something to the effect of like, we're just getting started. We're almost at the starting line. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's just been really cool to kind of see that journey, see the philosophy. And we'll talk a little bit about where the game is going from here on out. But I, I want to um, take one more step back in a little nostalgic way and kind of hear from you on what this day means. Because again, you've oh, been working boy. on this game for a very long time. Uh, and, and the team has been. And it's one thing to play the game, know that you have something awesome on your hands but it's a completely different thing when players get their hands on it and you can kind of see their reactions and and kind of see the, re the reactions to your hard work what does this mean to you and the team to have the game finally out it, it's 
it's such a delight and a and uh, an honor to really create something and and see people interacting with it and 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 making them happy you know filling yeah. filling something that uh, they've been uh, they've been looking for um especially this one since uh, the last time Forza Motorsport was in market was was a few years ago yeah uh and it just it's been such a labor of love for this time around and um it's it feels so good to finally get it out there um, and seeing um, even just in our previewers and our reviewers uh, just in the last couple of weeks and, and month, um, just how much joy uh, people are having with it. I, I just yeah. think that that makes it all worth it. Um, so, yeah, this has been, wow, uh, years in the making. Um, you know, when, when we, we first were talking about this and envisioning this thing as a real um, recapturing of this idea of skill and competition and redefining that for the franchise. Um, it, it was, it was a really amazing opportunity to think about what this franchise means for, for us as for, and definitely for our players and think about what it would mean to create something that could stand the test of time that could, um, that could build the foundation for what we were talking about internally as the next decade of racing. Right. It was, yeah. um, it was something that we were really trying to understand how we could build something, um, that would at, you know, from the start be, uh, so much of what people have been wanting from the franchise, but also laying the foundation work and the technology so that we are able to continue to deliver amazing experiences for years to come. Um, and so just, just thinking about that journey and going back to the roots and, and spending so much time thinking about where this thing can go and having all those hopes and dreams about what we could do with this. Um, and then landing with something that I think has, um, has exceeded our expectations in a lot of ways, I, I think is, man, I, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a great journey. And I just seriously cannot wait for you know, the entire community to finally get their hands on this thing. And, and lay some laughs down. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I always, and, and, and this is completely Malik speaking, not Xbox. So everyone just t take it easy on me. But like, I always think about like the generation doesn't start until Forza says it starts in, in many ways. And, and that's really just because of, you know, what Forza has always meant to Xbox, which is, as I mentioned at the top of this, a graphically stunning game, mm -hmm. a game that pushes the boundary, boundaries of realism in, in so many ways. And so you talked a little bit about how, um, you know, the team's philosophy and, and kind of making this game different. What are some of the other ways, you know, as I've been, you know, again, following yourself and the rest of the team around the world talking about this game? I, I know there are a number of different things that you all consider um, to be different about, about how you built this game and what you want players to kind of take away from this game, whether it be you know, some of the philosophies around, you know, building your car out versus collecting a ton of cars. Can you talk a little bit about what players jumping in who've played previous Forza games can expect that's different? Yeah, you know, I I think the biggest thing that um, that I've discussed with a lot of people is something that you won't really quite understand until you've played it for a little bit and really kind of experience what the new Forza Motorsport's all about. And it it is really thinking about this this new era of motorsport. And this is what we've been talking about for a long time, whether it's uh, internally, we always talked about built, not bought as the, the rallying cry of like what this game is about, but truly it's about this deeper relationship with a smaller number of cars. That, that is, that is the biggest shift from uh, the previous motorsports to the, the current one. I think of the Forza motorsport one through seven as really 
a metagame around car collecting and falling in love with cars through that car collection, right? Yes, it's always been about skill and competition. It's always been about, about turning the fastest lap time and competing with your buddies. But it, it really has always had this larger mechanic around got to catch them all. It's always been mm-hmm. about get all of the cars, man. Get them in your garage. Even in, in the last game, FM7, we had a collector score. It was, yeah. it was kind of like a driver level. It was basically, hey, when I get enough cars, I level up my collector score and then a bunch of new cars unlock for me and then I can get them as well. And it was really just about car collection. Now, racing is, of course, always at the heart of Forza Motorsport, but the deeper connection to a smaller number of cars was just not where we were before. Now, um, I, this new era, you know, there's so many people in the studio, myself included, um, who were all we're all car people. We're, we're all car enthusiasts. We love cars. Um, and, uh, some people came into the studio with, um, more or less knowledge of, of certain cars or certain types of racing or motorsport or, or just car culture in general. And, uh, and you go from people who are like, yeah, you know, I like my civic. That's pretty cool to, Hey, uh, a year later, they're welding their diff and doing drift competitions. Uh, you know, it's, it's catching car culture, car love, car enthusiasm is catching in the studio. And one of the major things that was really a, a that birthed a lot of the the systems, the 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 overall feel of this new game was this built not bought kind of thing that we had, which was really about, hey, I've got this car, I I'm I'm building it up, I'm building this this deeper relationship with it over time, and I'm watching it change, I'm growing with my own skills, and uh, you build all of these memories with that car, um, and that's at the heart of what we're trying to do with the new motorsport is this longer term relationship with a smaller number of cars that you're getting into a car, maybe falling in love with it. Cause man, this seals great out of the box and, and it's got some quirks. And then you put some different tires and suspension and you put some camshafts on that thing and some exhaust. And, and now it's starting to, to really become the thing that you dream of when you think about this thing. And and it's becoming part of you. It becomes a part of your, you know, it becomes your personal expression. It's it's a reflection of you, right? Yeah. I, I just want to, just to anecdotally talk about, you know, your um, your philosophy on the love of cars. I'm I'm not actually a car person, um, but I did buy a 2022 Volkswagen Golf Artist, not sponsored, um, but that's actually in the game. Um, <laughs> and so um, the cool thing is, I bought it, and for the first time in my life. I've in in real life, I've actually done like not crazy mods to it, but some, uh, you know, uh, cosmetic mods to it and other things. And it does build that uh, extra love to this car that I've never had with any of my other cars. So it's really cool to everything you were saying is that people are going to learn to to fall in love with the cars that they the smaller number of cars that they have. And, and it does make a difference. It does make you feel a certain way when you drive it. Honestly, it makes you feel a little bit of a stronger ownership to it. And so I love mm-hmm. that you all are doing that with the cars. Thanks. Yeah. I, once again, it to to us this love letter to cars through this lens of skill and competition um uh, that that's really what this new game is about so i'm glad you're feeling it i'm glad you're seeing yeah. it and and uh and kind of feeling simpatico with uh with how we're thinking about the yeah. game it's um I, i'm really hoping that others when they you know our, our community our players they come in and like what's this whole thing about and fall in love with cars and you know and they're like they just feel it you know um yeah. and that that's uh that uh that emotion is um 
we hope you we hope you get there you know yeah yeah i, I think you will i think when when everyone jumps in you will get it and uh because i'm definitely getting it at least in real life and i'm sure the same will be true of the game now i want to talk a little bit about the fidelity of this game and because i got to play it obviously a few times now and i have a 4k oled tv and i just cannot <laughs> stop like this this game looks amazing and it sounds amazing so um can you talk a little bit about some of the the new things you all did to like bring forza to an all new realistic level yeah there's there's so many things I mean, you've heard us talk about ray tracing and ray tracing is great uh I, I i just i i think the more important point is just our overall vision for what the visuals were really supposed to do for us um and it's all about incredible immersion and it's all about having incredible gameplay dynamics right those two things are are really important and it what that means is it looks great and it plays great ultimately right so yeah yes we have things like 24-hour day-night cycles on every track. And, and that means we had to rethink a lot of how we did our lighting model. Uh, ray tracing is a part of that. Um, and, uh, and then we also added weather, dynamic weather on every track as well. And that affects gameplay, right? That, that affects how you think about your tires and how you think about the, the wet line, the dry line, rubbering in, basically track evolution, all that. So it's, our environments are just so intrinsic in how we think about this always evolving and always um, uh, there's always something to, to master. There's always something to, um, to just have fun with. Right. So every car, every corner and all those different conditions, the sun's glaring in your eyes one time it's raining like crazy the next time. Uh, you know, it's really, really hot the next time, every time you're on the track and thinking about this one corner, it's just different and it, and it's always evolving. And I think that's super cool. So the visuals had, you know, they, they had to support that. And it's that, that that's just from the gameplay dynamics. And then on the, the whole immersion side of things, I think the lighting this time around, um, we spent a lot of time getting that right. We, we did so much reference, um, getting even dialing in the lenses for our different cameras to make sure that, um, just the visuals came through in such a convincing way. So I think the side-by-side -side comparisons that people have been doing between, um, you know, the footage that's been coming out for the new one versus our, our previous game, um, to me, it looks night and day. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with just this more natural lighting approach, which is because of all the reference and all the research that we've done just to get the lighting right. Um, and so th these, these smaller touches and other small touches that... Um, you know, our replay cameras, I, I, this is something we haven't really talked about. Um, all of the replay cameras are placed where the broadcast cameras are, what, if they're a real-life oh. track. Um, and they're using the same lenses. And, and so you, you've get, you get a much more high-fidelity feel and a, a more authentic feel. If, if you ever watched racing, you're going to get that feeling of our replay cameras coming through. Like, wow, that looks, that looks like the exact broadcast I was just watching. It, it's these little touches... Um, that, uh, and they're subtle, right? They, if for a lot of people, you're like, I, I don't know why this looks so much better or so much different or, or just so authentic. Um, but it's all of these small touches that, uh, that bring the visuals together. The cars look much more seated in the world. Uh, and it's just much more convincing about any time, any weather condition. So, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I, I think that that is such a great point. You know, is that je ne sais quoi? That's a little French <laughs> for all you out there. It's, it's the only thing I know in French, and I've been saying it ad nauseum. So apologies, everyone. But no, it, it is that thing where you're playing this game and you're saying to yourself, 
obviously this is on new hardware uh, and it looks amazing, but I can't quite tell why. I actually didn't know about the replay cameras. And I think that that is one of those small details that when you put it together with everything you mentioned, it adds up to something that's so much more. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I felt it. And I know that everyone jumping into the game today and who will jump in on October 10th are going to really notice that. So that is awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome, one of the things we talked about that you all in the team talked about a little earlier this year was were the accessibility options, specifically blind driver assist. Um, I, I know we've kind of covered it a little bit, but, you know, for for maybe additional blind drivers or blind players who are looking to jump into the game, can you give a quick uh, overview of, of what they can expect and, and really the philosophy around adding that? Yeah, I, I think if I could take a step back here. Um, yeah. There, I, I just want to give a shout out to the studio. I, I, I'm incredibly proud of um, getting a little, trying to hold, I'm literally trying to hold back tears here. Um, mm. Incredibly proud of the work that we have done in the studio to get to a place where our culture is a lot of on the forefront of, of the internal Xbox Studios culture, pushing accessibility um, and, uh, and general um, inclusivity ar- around how we think about games and how we make games. Um, it, it's been truly a pleasure and honor to see that over the last couple of years to, to really come to the fruition to things like um, blind driving assist. So, I mean, I, it's, it really is a testament to our internal studio culture, to the people that make it, and um, and to their passion to make these things uh, happen. To make you know change without these people, um, just would not have been there, right? We wouldn't have had things like blind driving assist. So, sorry. That being said, I, I no. just I, I the studio is amazing. I've never been a part of anything like quite like it, and um, I, I I don't often say things like this to <laughs> to our yeah. to our team because uh, I don't get the chance. But um, big shout out to the team for for doing this and, and their passion is dr- yeah. Thank you. It's driven so much. So um um driven. Hey, there's a there's a little. <laughs> There's a little pun for you. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, it's okay. We're, we're we're on the same uh, wavelength. Got right. you. I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. Um, <laughs> so, a long time ago, when we first were talking about um, how we wanted to approach um, both accessibility and approachability, because they're 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 different things for us, uh, and we set out to make this, of course, the most accessible and the most approachable racing simulation ever made. That was just kind of our our pillars there. Now, we didn't know exactly what that meant, right? Because you could go in all sorts of different directions. Um, And one of the crazy things that our audio team and some of our accessibility um, uh, allies were just like, hey, what if if, uh, we could bring people into the game that never actually drove a car before, you know, have never actually been able to drive a car before? And it just kind of blew our minds. And I just remember those moments of like, I don't even think that can happen. Like I, you're, you're mm-hmm. talking about something that no one's ever done before. And um, it sounds like an experiment that might just never come to see the light of day. Right. And, um, and we're just like, it sounds crazy enough. We love doing hard things. And we kind of had an idea. We found some consultants, Brandon Cole is a, was an incredible partner for us. Um, and we set off to be like, we're going to, we're going to make this work. We're gonna we're gonna actually allow unsighted players to get into our game and race and be competitive and uh, and we were I, once again getting chills thinking about it. Um, it was it was just like yeah I I don't think this is ever gonna work. Let's go see what happens you know and then seeing the initial um, 
the initial implementation, implementation and some of the initial playtesting, um, and it, just watching those initial videos even now, it's like, wow, we might actually be able to do this. It's really, really, it seems like a long way away, but we actually might be able to do this. Um, fast forward um, to today, and I, I think we've broke some new ground here. We have um, not only the most accessible and approachable racing simulation um, that's going to be in players' hands, um, but we've introduced this whole suite of, of assists um, and options, um, mostly audible options, uh, that allow unsighted players to be competitive and drive around the track and, and have a lot of fun um, in the game. And these are players that may never have actually driven a car before, and that's super cool. Uh, and then we we found that these assists, these new audible options, have actually helped our own internal sighted players to get faster, to unlock their fastest self, right? You can turn these things on or off and really experiment with additional audio cues to help you understand where you are on track. Are you kind of near the apex? Are you getting close to the track out? You know, just these additional cues can really help you cue into um, just being able to be faster, right? So I, I find this amazing how... Um, you can build assists and you can build these features and um, not un really understand exactly how they're going to be applicable to more people. But then you realize, wow, we've just kind of opened the door for for normal players, um, normal sighted players to come in and um, and actually help them get faster we, when, and use use assists that uh, and create features that we never would have thought of um, to help them do that. So I think that's uh yeah, that's that's just one amazing thing that we've done with the the blind driving Swiss uh, assist. Um, and the other thing I, I wanted to point out, um, and this is just more to the approachability side. Um, mm -hmm. and once again, forgive me for for going on a little bit about this. I, no, I, I, this I, is I, awesome I'm, work. Yeah, thank you. I I'm really proud of what the team has done to um, to not only make the game a much more accurate and detailed simulation, whether it's the world simulation of time of day and weather and tr track temperature, even going down to the the um, the uh, track pressure or the world pressure mm -hmm. simulated in terms of elevation. Um, but it just makes even even to the to the physics simulation, it makes the cars actually much more approachable because everything behaves the way you expect it to and just like in the real world so you can take all of your experience um from driving cars in the real, real world and apply it to the game much more than you could before and it, it makes that much much more approachable it makes it easier to drive even though it's a deeper and more robust simulation it's actually easier to drive and then what we've done is build a bunch of systems that allow players to just get in and experiment have fun just drive and then the game will be constantly giving this feedback of like hey you did okay in that corner and you're like yeah. cool i did i scored a 6.3 and then the next time you go through that corner you're like well what if i break a little bit early oh wow i got a 7.2 and you're like okay the game is now through just natural play like just through natural play just having fun with the game and experimenting you're getting faster and the game is telling you how to do that so we don't have to have all of these really in-depth things around um specific experiences that teach you this or that like how to break and how to turn you can just play with a car and then you you start actually just getting faster by all the systems that we've introduced there so just by natural play it's become much more approachable 
Yeah, I mean, so much to uh, unpack there, but I, I will say on that last point, when I was racing and I was getting those uh, little tiny little reminders or, or kind of scorings, if you will, um, it I can attest to it. And then everyone's going to say, of course, you work at Xbox. Of course, you're going <laughs> to say it. But no, it literally helped me get better. I knew exactly what I, I needed to do or what I needed to adjust to get a higher ranking. And that in turn made my uh, racing better. So I just think that's phenomenal. And then going back to the accessibility point, I love the passion that you had, you know, when in talking about it, because I think, you know, we often talk about um, maybe these you know, accessibility features not being used by everyone, but I think to the people who need, who, who use it, it matters a lot. And so um, the idea that, you know, you mentioned Brandon, he's talked about it in a number of interviews. He actually doesn't know what it's like to drive a car. And so the idea of creating a game where somebody is having this first time experience in their life is it has to be like one of those pieces of of work that you'll remember for a lifetime. And so as we round the corner on the on the final part of this interview, uh, final lap, uh, final corner, I'm trying to work in the puns and maybe I shouldn't be. Um, what can players expect down the line? Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, thinking about this as the fortune for the decade. What can players expect now that the game is out in the wild and, and coming from you guys and, and gals at turn 10? Uh, I think that. The biggest thing to understand is we completely rethought how we were going to build this game. The technical foundation of the game uh, is really about creating and allowing us to create and be more um, agile around creating and delivering content to our players. Um, and it, we just learned a lot from our time with FM7 and creating content after we launched. Uh, it was it was challenging a lot of times to quickly iterate and get new content out. So we went back to the drawing board around all of these things that make uh, making tracks, making cars, uh, making audio, um, and uh, all of the experiences that we create, and figuring out a way that we can listen to our players, grow with them, evolve with them, but also more importantly, create content a little bit more efficiently, faster, and then get them into to our players' hands. So, um, what you can expect uh, is we're going to be delivering cars every month. We're going to be delivering tracks uh, over time. Uh, and all of this for free, right? So um, uh, day one, there's going to be a bunch of, of new events that are going to be popping up for the career mode, uh, which is called Builder's Cup, our feature multiplayer, Rivals, uh, like all of these different modes are going to have new cars, new content just from day one and, and evolves every week. So every week you're going to be seeing new cars, new events always popping in there. Uh, and then in November, our first new track is going to drop. That's Yas Marina, a personal favorite of mine. It's the latest layout, so it has the updated hairpin and some other little uh, alterations there. It it flows much better now uh, than it used to. Um, and it's just a great example of another free track coming and our commitment to continually adding amazing experiences to the game. And then December, a new track drops then. And then in spring, we have the uh, uh, the Nordschleife drop, uh, dropping as well. So... Um, a lot to share there in terms of new tracks, but uh, to be, you can expect new free cars and new tracks for, for a long time coming because uh, we, we see this game going for, like you said, um, uh, for a long time and we see this as the game of the generation for us.
Love it. Love it. Content, content, content. That's what it's all about. Well, Chris, this has been amazing. I, I wanted to, you know, we've come in first, first place, you know, we're on the podium. We did it. Uh, but but before we leave the track, I want to ask you, uh, you know, again, this game, players have been waiting for a long time. Any final words for players, whether it be the Forza community, maybe first time racing fans that are jumping into Forza Motorsport uh, that they can take away um, just either from you or the team um, to kind of leave this interview off with yeah i I, um that that's a that's a good one um damn you know and i didn't even say rubber meets the road i was gonna i was gonna try to figure (laughs) out it's okay we'll we'll pretend like you did you know there you go uh (laughs) you know this this when i think about this game um i think that we we have really built this for our fans and for our community and um seeing how much joy that the the Forza Motorsport franchise has brought to people to create best friends, um, created some amazing mm-hmm. experiences and memories for people. Um, and we've just created something that I think delivers so many of the things that players have been wanting for a long time, um, while also figuring out a way to deliver the experience in a much more approachable and accessible way for even a new generation that's never gotten into a motorsport before. Uh, making it easier for them to not only fall in love with cars, but actually maybe find a new best friend or find some amazing uh, things and, and groups and communities to to build some amazing experiences and memories from. Um, this one's for the fans and the community. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to love it. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of people that I've chatted with already, um, they're just like, this is it. This is so good. Um, and I cannot wait to see uh, all the amazing times and experiences that uh, players are going to have with us. Love it. Well, you said it great. Nothing better to leave off with. Forza Motorsport is available in early access today and available fully for everyone. October 10th. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Malik. This has been awesome. And uh, thanks everyone out in the Forza community. So what do you guys think of the interview? How'd you like it? Sorry for the chewing, by the way. It's uh, our new special ASMR episode. Tell us if you like it. We can do more. Here's the Doritos bag crinkling slowly as you take another chip. But yeah, what do y'all think? Forza Motorsport out now, fully released next week. Um, excited. Chris is such a nice guy, by the way. He's such mm-hmm. a nice guy. And Big you're Doritos such a good fan. interviewer. Yeah, Malik. yeah. Such a good interviewer. Mm. You guys are you guys are way too kind. I paid them both to say that. Well, speaking <laughs> as you can see, we are eating Doritos. Uh, if you're watching us, uh, we have a big bag open um, because Xbox has partnered with uh, Doritos, Mountain Dew, and Rockstar to experience Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So essentially, um, we are teaming up with uh, Doritos, Rockstar, and uh, Mountain Dew. And uh, for our, some of our iconic titles like Starfield, Forza Motorsport, and CFDs, and each of them contains a code when registered and entered at Doritos uh, do Rockstar.com. It unlocks access to exclusive DLC, of course, contest entries, and more. And so to earn rewards faster, entrants can multiply points by combining codes for multiple brands. So maybe you get a Doritos, uh, a bag of Doritos, as you can see with trap. Uh, maybe you can't see if you're listening to the podcast, but this blue bag, Cool Ranch, the only bag to have, has Travis Kelsey on the on the cover of the bag, which of very course, timely. V- very, very, timely. very topical, very timely. Um, and, and or you and, and you can team uh, pair that up with wait, wait, a wait. rock star. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, here here we go. Listen, everybody, listen. 
Ooh, I think I think I think Discord, it filtered it out. I think Discord filtered it out. Let me let me try. Let me try. Right. Trying to pop a can here. All right, let's see. Here we go. Three, two, one. Listen, chat. I heard that. Ooh. I heard that. Yeah, you're better. All right, how's that. how's my microphone? All right, let's see. No, no? we got muted. Oh, oh man. Oh. What, what can I say? I'm just wow. that, that cool. Um, that's the only time I've ever been cool. Uh, no, but yes. So again, like you can get uh, multiple products to unlock uh, DLC and other prizes faster. So be sure to, you know, this is gaming's best friend. You know, I, I talked about I talk about it all the time when you're playing. And th there you go. Jeff has Jeff has a, a Starfield as he's showing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so do I actually like a little code here on the on the can. So you can I like the Starfield colors up here, too. Oh, yeah. Nice little effect. It's a nice tie. And again, these are partners that we've worked with uh, so often because they're just great partners. And also because, like, if you think back to get your gaming moments, you always have a snack with you. And so Doritos are a great snack, although we did have a little bit of a discussion between what like what's the better Doritos. Of course, Doritos has tons of flavors. My personal fa fla favorite flavor are this uh, spicy sweet chili. It comes in the purple bag. Ooh, Highly recommend good. those. Those are so good. But we have the blue bag versus the red bag. Cool Ranch versus Nacho Cheese. Let's go around the horn. Who likes what? I am a Cool Ranch kind of guy. Jeff? I prefer this, you know, given any choice, I will take the spicy ones, but I always go for the mm -hmm. cheese. Classic. Ooh, Tina. It's Tina, hard to say because like, yeah, right. Which is a difficult position to be put in. But like Cool Ranch is the very like, you know, quintessential Doritos flavor. So I feel like I have to lean in that direction. But at the same time, I'm cheese through and through, uh, especially mm -hmm. spending a few years in Texas. I'm all about queso now. So I just I put I put queso on most things. Good choice. Um, so I, I got to go with nacho cheese, even though Thank I don't you. even have that bag with me here. <laughs> All right. Well, Tina, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I mean, come on. Look at the look at the specs. It is. It's got like green and red. Anyway, it's fine. You know what? <laughs> but but Tina, I know you uh, and Jeff have a little bit of a partnership on this next story coming up. Yeah, we've uh, to continue in the ASMR theme of this uh, podcast. Jeff is currently busting out. His white gloves, which you know can only mean an unboxing is coming up. So I will read from our Xbox Wire announcement post. I have Dorito to dust unveil. all over my hands. Oh, good. So, good yeah. thing you're putting that important. glove on. These are functional and not just yeah. because I want to Fortunately, like you have like mine. 50 of those, so you can throw those out when you're done with them and really use a different one. Yeah, exactly. Genuinely. Uh, so this is the Gold Shadow Special Edition controller. Jeff is now holding it up to the camera. But yes, I'm going to read in a very podcasty microphone voice here from the shadows the xbox wireless controller gold shadow special edition is making its grand debut in the spotlight an homage to xbox one's fan favorite shadow series designs this controller sports a sophisticated gold to black metallic finish on the top case aside from the case and d-pad the rest of the controller is draped in carbon black let's see that back jeff there you go where am i allowing the gold elements to shine <laughs> This controller is a statement piece, I agree. I'm ad-libbing now, I'm sorry. Perfectly suited to be your new favorite and the crowning gem of any collection. I'm not gonna read this whole post, I swear. This elegant piece comes with all the key features players love in our current generation of controllers. The metallic gold hybrid D-pad provides a smooth touch for your thumb to expertly glide on. The rubberized black diamond patterned side grips and textured grip on the triggers, bumpers, and back case provide that extra support needed to stay in control of high pressure gaming moments. Thank you, Jeff, for being my 
physical representation of of how to handle the uh, very nice kind of ombre design of that metallic gold finish controller. And I hope I, the yeah. ASMR episode has gone well for all the viewers and listeners out there. <laughs> we'll find out in the comments pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. We won't do that again. I swear. I well, swear. That was an experiment. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna, I was going to say honestly. I was going to say as someone who didn't have to participate that and got to sit back, sit back and sip some Rockstar. Uh, the combination of Tina's voice and Jeff's Vanna White skills were actually very amazing. And so, uh, chat, come on, give them some, this give is, them some love for that one. That was good. This is an episode to watch and not just listen on. Like, highly, <laughs> highly encourage. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, cool. And so, rounding out, uh, kind of some of the you know news that we have. Of course, it's October, and that means it's Xbox uh, time to celebrate the gaming and disability community. Um, and, and our partnership with the Special Olympics, um, you know, we've partnered uh, for four for multiple years with uh, the Special Olympics. And this year is no different. Of course, Xbox has an entire team. It's called the Xbox Social Impact Team, led by Jen Panettone, who's been on this show before. And that team is solely focused on ensuring that uh, players around the world feel included in uh, not only the experiences that they experience online, but uh, get to see representation of people who are like them um, on the platform. And so we have a number of different ways that you can get involved i highly recommend going to we don't have enough time to read the whole thing but this amazing news uh, xbox wire post uh, done by jen panettone is great and showcases the number of ways you can get involved of course we're partnering with the special olympics which we've done since 2014 um, and so on november 11th 2023 uh, special olympic athletes and unified partners will compete virtually in a rocket league uh, for a chance to play alongside celebrity supporters of the special olympics including nfl athletes and WWE superstars. And so that's really awesome. Again, like gaming and, uh, you know, the Special Olympics, go, you know, kind of is just the perfect marriage of showcasing the skills that you have. And it's great that we've been able to part with, partner with them for almost a decade at this point. Uh, and then Microsoft Awards, if you didn't know, for many of these social impact moments, you can you know if you don't have money to donate you can actually earn microsoft rewards points that you can put towards a number of different charities and for this moment we are working with special effect uh, warfighter engaged and able gamers and so again as you earn microsoft rewards points and maybe you don't have money to spare i know it's tough times but this is a great way to contribute to those causes through those three charities and uh rounding out uh, the, the multitude of ways that we're partnering to celebrate this moment thanks yeah. so much malik i uh, actually went through last night and uh those have all shown up. So if you go into your Microsoft Rewards app, you can check your balance and you can find all the different ways that you can you can spend that money. And I did give some, I donated uh, my points over to Special Effect. Uh, they do some amazing work in helping ensure that uh, everyone gets to play, uh, which is always, right. it's, it's it, we always say, uh, it, when everyone plays, we all win, but it's something that we, we live here. And if you're wondering, like, how do I participate as I think, the, the thing without even putting your controller down where you can help participate up through and including, you know, of course, uh, volunteering with the Special Olympics as is, is, uh, I know we've gotten to do um, with uh, the the awesome like esports things that have happened here in the Seattle area. So always worth looking into and uh, so much in that post. So thank you so much. One last uh, little bit of news here. Uh, Every other week, give or take, Game Pass, just pile some more on our plate. We're already talking our backlog. Well, guess what? Uh, you're not even close to being uh, finished. And uh, that is because... 
this week. Uh, and there's some <laughs> really awesome games here. Uh, Gotham Knights this is a game I got very sucked into uh, right about a year ago. I was traveling and I I was I brought my Xbox Series S with me and ended up playing all the way through this one. Uh, definitely recommend you play as Batgirl because she has like a skill that makes it so all the cameras and traps just don't even see you. You just go right through like you're not even there. So uh, my, my that's my pro tip right there. Of course, we mentioned Lamplighters League available now. Also, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. This is a game that has been available on PC Game Pass. It is now available on uh, console and Xbox Series X and S, and of course on cloud. And Tina, you were talking about like a party game. Yeah, right now you're playing Payday 3, also on Game Pass. This is another one of those games that you're going to want to get the group together for four player co op. Uh, and, uh, if you ever played Vermintide, that was, uh, the previous, uh, sort of, I don't know if we would say predecessor to this game, but definitely one where they, they really figured out that, uh, that formula and, and, and as I'm told, perfected it here with Darktide. Uh, also from space, uh, and like a dragon Ishin, you already know I like that coming out the week after on Game Pass. So every couple of weeks, it just keeps on coming before we wrap up here i did mention i had a little bit of curiosity here because as i loaded up assassin's creed mirage there's this really cool opening cinematic uh, as the game starts where it goes through assassin's creed is 16 years old now or just about i want to say in november and i've been playing those games since that point and i've like lots of fond memories starting with altair and Ezio and uh, going on through Edward Kenway and all, there's, there's tons of assassins. And I was wondering, who are your favorite? Do you have a favorite assassin? I'm going to just, no, no, no hedging. You got to pick a favorite assassin. Tina, do you have one? Oh man. So favorites are, um, everyone will come to learn this about me. I hate, hate, hate trying to pick favorites. Cause That's I'm like, what's your favorite color? Oh, rainbow. I'm a total cheater. <laughs> okay. If I had to pick one and I have reasons for it. Um, but I will still caveat with like, you know, not necessarily, but anyway, it's my favorite. Um, I would say Altair because a, you know, original Assassin's Creed, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, I mean that year too, 2007 was just an insane year for gaming. So I have super fond memories of like first foray into Assassin's Creed, but also just an incredible 2007 overall. Um, but he was also, I think the only, um, assassin of the group that was like literally born and raised into like the brotherhood and into the way, um, and the creed. So I think there's an intensity to that, that I can really respect. And it comes out, um, both in like just the gameplay and the story and like his demeanor a little bit, like he's certainly human, but I don't know. There's like moments where you're like, Ooh, that's cold. And this is yeah. something really assassiny, um, to that. Uh, so he's. You know, super well known for how wise he is, um, how connected to the creed he is, um, how he's like, and even just the, the when I, I referenced the gameplay earlier, but like the, this was like the desynchronization. So like technically speaking, he doesn't really ever get hurt or like injured. He doesn't really have a health bar. So does that not make him the most bad assassin of the bunch? So like, these are the reasons why I would pick him as my favorite, but I'm also just gonna, because I have to um, special mention Ezio, also kind of more of the original um, side of the series. And then Bayek, I just, I, you know, connect with his his like pure passion and, and energy and he's quite an intense character as well. So I just, I have special mention a few people, just so you know, I can't pick favorites. <laughs> we'll let you get away with that one. What about you, Malik? Have, are you an Assassin's Creed fan? Do you have a favorite? Oh, 
Well, mm, Tina stole my answer. Uh, ah, dang it. Uh, it was the right was, answer. That's why <laughs> it, it was that exactly right. I think because uh, for so many reasons, of course, as Tina mentioned, 2007 was one of those years when we got so many amazing titles. I'd say if I had to go as a, with a backup, it would be Ezio. I, I, one, I just love his name, Ezio Auditore. Mm. Come on. Like that is I just say that randomly in my everyday life. Like I just <laughs> randomly say, and people are like, what is wrong with you? Um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed 2 in 2009. Again, another great year for gaming um, I think it's just built on the original um, and so uh, I don't remember what I have for breakfast and so I, I don't remember the story as well but I think that that um, game and just the, the entire gameplay loop again building off of the original and that, that assassination um, you know going around the town open world uh, f- trying to find the assassin and picking up the clues I think it also built on the clues leading up to getting to those key assassinations in, in a in a great way and so uh, that's why I think that I'm very excited for Mirage is because Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 uh, probably are my most played Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. uh, and the idea of going back to some of that formula is just super exciting for me and I think you know 16 years later um, there's nothing more that gamers could have asked for except to feel that that experience again that they had when they originally played those two games. So uh, I would say Ezio's number one, all players number or Ezio's number one, all I players number two. One, we're not getting into your top ten. Okay, we're okay, okay. you <laughs> off right there. Ezio, Ezio, Ezio. Great. All right, I'm gonna. I no no hedging, just straight up. It's Cassandra. Ezio. And if you played oh. Odyssey and you used Alexios, then I don't even want to talk to you. Like I just, that's it. That is, that is like a. That is a line, like as if you like the Cool Ranch Doritos better than the nacho cheese. Like we're we're Jeff. done here, we're <laughs> done here, and we are done here actually. So I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, whether it's on YouTube, we really love to see your comments, uh, or on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we really do appreciate your time. We are going to be back here next week, but uh, between now and then, we would love for you to go over to Spotify and tell us. Who's your favorite assassin? And we'll read some of those answers on the air next week. Tina, Malik, thank you so much for your time. And Chris Izaki for spending a good amount of time uh, with us here on this week's show. Uh, Congrats on the launch this week of Forza Motorsport. So you can now turn off this podcast, go play that, and we will see you on the track. See ya. 